0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. BJ House Metal Land, the coast Tradee's choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. Welcome to
1: Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, good morning. We're live from Tugra from the Regional Sporting Complex here, and it's absolutely magnificent. No rain falling at the moment. Mm. I know that games were affected last night, but uh, 10 o'clock this morning, this will be absolutely awesome. Buttes, I can't wait for it. The Central Coast up against Newcastle.
2: It is a great complex, isn't it? Like, it's fantastic. I, I didn't realise... I've been here a couple of times to play tag, and I think, obviously, soccer here, and I know that the Warriors were based here last year. Um just overlooking where we are right now, but I never realised it was set up for cricket and it is absolutely picturesque and I've got to say they've got little stands around. Yeah, it's a great facility. Well done.
1: Yeah, alongside us, Gary Berkenshaw from Central Coast Cricket, one of the world's best administrators. Burko, good morning to you. And a couple of games last night, as I mentioned, that were rain affected in this regional bash, which is the T20 format. Unfortunately... The local girls went down, but hope, hoping they bounce back this morning.
3: Yeah, look, it was a good start last night for the for the carnival. There was a lot of people down here, and the, as uh, Butte said, a fantastic facility yeah. for cricket, and uh, yeah, unfortunately as has been the case the last week or so, the rain sort of come in late, and uh, reduced the game, the second innings back to fifteen overs. Fifteen overs, um, which was good. We got the game in, but Central Coast—they put up a good performance batting first. Uh, Amy Cunningham, a good sixty-one, but just went down uh, to a, a Northern Inland side, which also contains a number of Central Coast girls as well. So, but they're looking forward to Newcastle today.
2: With the way, with the, way the weather is at the moment, it's overcast at the moment, are we likely to spend more time trying to play as opposed to you know holding
3: off? Yeah, the, yeah, you're right there. But The beauty we've got with this facility is that the, the drainage is so good. So all the wickets are covered. They're really well prepared by the curators and that here. So as long as it stops raining, it, it doesn't even rain heavily. We'll, we'll be out there playing. The girls just love it. They've travelled from all over the northern part of the state. They just want to play cricket.
1: Yeah. yeah, just looking at the uh, Northern Inland side, uh, you know, they only lost one wicket, and uh, Emily Cross, the best of the of the batters, 32 off 35, and that included five fours?
3: Yeah, look, she batted, batted really well as well. She's uh, from Narara, so she's a Narara girl, and uh, uh, look, Central Coast girls dropped a couple of catches, which which could have made things a little bit difficult, but in saying that though, the ball was a little bit slippery, and the girls were very nervous, so Emily Cross, very, very good player. She plays first grade cricket in, uh, in Sydney for Northern Districts so, on a Sunday, so very good player, and and, look, they, they were too good, but our girls really enjoyed the experience.
1: What about Tara Craig? Sorry, Butes, I know no, you wanted cool. to jump in there. Tara Craig, three for ten off her four overs?
3: Yeah, she's a Tamworth girl, so one of the, the Northern Englands, and she did really well opening the bowling and uh, uh, got a couple of wickets early and, and then really puts the pressure on the Central Coast batters.
2: Berger, tell us a bit about the tournament itself. You know, Is this the first time it's been played up here and, you know... What's the history behind it all?
3: Right. It's, it's a bit of a historic occasion for this time. This is the first time they've actually played a multi-day carnival for the, for the female country championship. So in the past, it's been going now. This is the third year. The first two years were were a knockout-based, mm-hmm. um, and we... Uh, we've been knocked out. Central Coast have been knocked out in the first round both times. So this time, though, it's multi-day. They get to play three games in a round-robin format, and and so which will be really good. They'll be better today than what they were yesterday. So there's two pools. There's eight. There's eight eight zones in 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 all. So we've got four uh, four teams playing in the northern pool that's here. There's a southern pool that's being played down in Canberra. And then the top two sides of each pool then go and play a finals day at North Sydney Oval uh, in in February.
1: Uh, I mentioned about the juggernaut that is Newcastle and the Hunter, but they went down last night as well. Yeah, look, the
3: Coffs Coffs Chargers. That's up around Coffs Harbour. They are one of the one of the strengths in in female cricket. So they actually made the final last year. Got beat by Canberra in the final. So out of all of them, they would be expected to be the the, the favourites probably of this of this carnival. So to them to beat to beat Newcastle was, was probably not so much of an upset but uh probably the the magnitude of how they did it
1: probably was. Hey Butes Bute, Bute, yeah. sorry to interrupt no looks like a bit of Tony Gregg activity going on out there. Uh, Is there some a... there's some studying happening out there on the wicket.
2: Yeah the key someone's got the key out. They're gonna try and put it into the pitch and see what happens.
1: Yeah absolutely elderly gentleman as well there. <laughs> Snowy
3: Snowy, look at him. He, he might be marking out his run-up. <laughs> Interesting, guys. That the bloke on the cura- on the roller there is the doyen of curators on the Central Coast. Paul D. has been doing it at, at Lizaro, at Sawyer Park there for for many many years, and he loves it. So he does Sawyer Park. Comes out and does here as well. The heavy roller, or this. No, does that? that the- he said it's too heavy. He's going to have to take some water out of the, the the drums. He reckons it's just a bit too heavy. Right, gotcha, mate. Just in terms of the
2: format, you know, the fact that they're playing a round robin type thing now, uh, it's obviously. A much I would imagine a much better format for the players, at least they're getting some you know actual genuine time
3: here because if you know you're out in the first round then it's it's a long way home, yeah exactly right so so over the two days to get to play the three games and I've always said to our girls, we're only a lot of them that all we're the only side here out of all the eight zones that are playing that. Just picks players wholly and solely that to be eligible to play in the central case, you must play cricket in the local competitions. well the other, while well, you're able to pick girls who play in Sydney, and, but they come from your area. But to grow the women's game here, we say you yep. must play cricket here. So, so it's it's a real it's a step up for these girls who some of them have been playing a long time and and um, to get in, to play first game, but they'll be better by the third game. And we've got. We'd have three or four girls who are 16 or under in our side.
1: Hey Gaz, what was the knock like from Anita Handano at the top of the order for Coffs charges? 46 off 40, but six fours. So just a yeah. bit of a swashbuckling knock at yeah. the top of the order. Yeah,
3: very, very good player. She, she's one. She's a Sydney. Uh, she plays all her cricket in Sydney, so she's one of the elite players in this in this playing in this competition this weekend. So fantastic, and yeah. Just, you just tell with the women, those who've been playing for a longer period of time, the better. They stand out in, in this, this competition because the, the difference between the top and the bottom is, is quite significant at this stage, given it's only a, it's only women's cricket in country level is only, only in its infancy. It's yeah. funny
1: you say that because Michael just said to me off the air about the Matildas. Yep. And he said the gap between the top, which is the USA, mm. and where we are... Like, oh, you you uh, saw that across the two matches? It's
2: significant. I, I can see it clearly. Um, and it's a real shame that, you know, where we're positioned and how strong the Matildas have become. It's the, You know, it's pretty obvious why we've only beaten the U.S. only the one time in the yeah. last 30-odd games, is because the gap is massive. And, you know, we've got some serious work to do with the Australian uh, Matildas if they want to close that gap. And, you know, the World Cup coming up in 2023... There's some, is it 23, 23? Yeah, 23. Yeah, 23. Mm-hmm. They've got some serious work to do. And, and, you know, obviously, time allows that to happen. And I think we're going to see that here with the cricket. Yeah. You'll, that time will... Uh, will Give you the opportunity for these girls to get that
3: experience. Yeah, I think it's important. You look, look at how the Central Coast has evolved just over the three years of this carnival that's happened. So, the first year it was a very ageing, uh, not being but very an ageing list. Last year was, was an older play as well. This year we've actually changed the selection process where we've actually got more and more younger girls coming through that that'll that'll see us improve and improve as, as years go on. I said we had four four girls who are who are sixteen and under. Um, who are really good players, they will be good players going forward, but they're still as I said, still in their infancy, their first yeah. major representative carnival and you get to play against like you said Anita Handona who are really good players. they wouldn't have come across that in the local competition and the other thing here we're playing on turf, turf wickets here, Central Coast they play on synthetic. Mm. So, so that's a big a big step up as well. So just the learning that these girls will take away from the carnival is is, you know, is paramount.
1: We think that uh, you know it's a challenge for Central Coast kids to go and play sport in Sydney. Imagine being a Coss Harbour player, and uh, uh, maybe she's down there for study, uh, but who knows? But that that's a real challenge for someone on the Mid North Coast.
3: Well, I spoke to one of the mothers of one of the players here um, yesterday. So they live at um, live in Maitland, and her daughter plays cricket for St George Women's Cricket. So that she goes down every she's been doing this for 15 years of travelling down to Sydney every week for training. Wow! Every Saturday, every Sunday, sorry, for games. And just, it's a, you know, they're getting back. And, and some girls, there's one girl who even comes from Yamba to go down to Sydney and play cricket. So and imagine it,
1: it, if you went out for a golden duck.
3: <laughs> exactly. But imagine sitting there, they're like, when when, when you're, the game's over, the boys are ready to let's go, let's go into the, into the club for a, for a sherbet. And all you got to think is, I've got a four-hour trip back home. Yeah. yeah. So that, the commitment of some of these girls is, is just incredible because they, they have to do that to play women's cricket. So that's all that's available. Just
1: on a side note, yeah. I did see on MBN television last night that uh, there's a race day coming up soon, uh, and the, the feature race is the Philip Hughes. Oh. The, the Philip Hughes 1,000 metres uh, up on the mid-north coast. Yeah, how good
3: how good is, is that? Like, uh, it not
1: good. It's, it's a tragic news, but it was um, just the
3: other day they had the anniversary. Had his birthday during the week as well, yeah. and uh, um, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. That it'll never be forgotten, especially up around that around that area. It won't be forgotten uh, anywhere. And,
1: I still remember driving through there. It was around Christmas time before the new motorway went through, and and it was you had to light up for Philip Hughes. So every car that drove through around Christmas had its lights on, on. In, in memory.
3: Yeah, yeah, fantastic young player and. Um, yeah, gone way too soon. Buka, I want to
2: touch on the difference between the synthetic pitches and the turf pitches, and, and how significant it is for these young players to adapt to that.
3: What it is, so okay, so the synthetic is, is obviously the synthetic grass on a concrete wicket. So the bounce is predictable. The pace of the pace of the ball coming through is very predictable. So the ball will bounce higher. Yep. It will sit up easier for the for the batsman, even for the bowlers. If you bowl it a bit shorter, it will sit up, get up higher. So on turf wickets, it's a little bit more predictable, unpredictable, a little bit lower. Um, and if you get into the wicket there, it comes through at, at varying paces. So it, a lot of the women are very good at hitting across the line, which is all right on synthetic, but once you play on turf, become becomes very because the ball doesn't bounce as high. Ah, so Gotcha. Um, and even the Central Coast girls, like yesterday when they bowled, they bowled too full, which enabled the girls to just come, come through and, and drive it. Well, if they had to get into the wicket more, it makes it harder to play. Are you likely to get
2: more movement off the... Uh, turf pitch as opposed to the synthetic.
3: Yeah definitely. Definitely. That that's the benefit of the turf. That's why everyone loves playing on turf the bowler. The ball moves around more as the bowler yep. if, if you're a bowler on synthetic it becomes very, very um, it can become very predictable on hard work. And
2: the conditions today, will we see a lot of swing movement with the the overcast conditions. Yeah,
3: yeah, they should be with overcast. They should be able to get the ball to swing. They use the pink ball as well, which certainly oh, okay. swings around a, a bit as well. So it'll be a good, a good day for bowlers out there today. And um, but as, well, in relation to T20 cricket, cause it's pretty hard work, and the wickets are very, very good.
1: And a bit of a south-easterly breeze, I feel at the moment. So you might want to be steaming in from the southern end.
3: Yes, well, last night they were coming down. There was a big breeze down one end, and the was, was would come running in. And, and you'll be surprised when you have a look today at some of these girls. Actually, how they bowl is is quite
1: amazing. Could really. you? preview the first game that we're going to see so our Central Coast girls up against Newcastle
3: yeah right so it should be well it's always Central Coast Newcastle rivalry um probably Newcastle probably a little bit edge on experience in, in this but our girls will they what they didn't do well yesterday they, they got 160 we had a good start with Amy and, and Alyssa Andrews they got us to 59 off of just over, I think it was 11 overs but then we just really collapsed we lost three wickets for no runs and if you have a look through our middle I think I think between batter number four and eight, I think they might have scored six runs between them. So that mm. what that did put we were in a good position to really accelerate. We then we then fell away and and to get 106, we were probably probably 20 or 30 runs short of what we needed to be. So we needed to fix that part. And then with the ball, we we dropped a couple of catches. Fielding probably wasn't as high, but. I'll, I'll, give them a, I'll give them an excuse in the field and give them that it was, a, it was raining. The yep. ball got a bit damp. So so with the bowling and fielding, you'll probably give them a bit of a, a bit of an excuse for yesterday. But if, if they can improve that. It's but... interesting, mate, with the format of the 2020 and, you know, you
2: probably, we've probably seen it change over the years. And, and I don't know whether we've, well, you know, people have come up with their different formulas and, and ways in which to work the game out. Um, have we seen that in the women's game as well, where they're still adjusting to understand how it, it how it is best to play the
3: 2020 version? Actually, you've you really hit you've nailed it there, Butch. Is from the women's game is because they haven't actually been brought up from yes. five years of age. The little nouses of cricket, the things that you learn as you come through the ages, whether it be captain or player, where you stand, where you bowl, what what batsman does if they open their hands, I'll go there. They just they don't know that part of the game so to evolve the game at the moment it's they would play the same t20 cricket as they would play 50 over cricket if they had to play two day cricket it's all the same they haven't sort of adapted to it because they just to them it's just we bat and we bowl and then what the outcome happens is at the end of the the time
2: i've seen it with you know the big bash um and the coverage that they have where you get that insight where you've got a captain who's talking through you know what's coming up what what sort what type of ball you what type of ball you're going to bowl to this batsman what the batsman's expecting the bowler to bowl like it's just unbelievable that they're breaking that down so much
1: hey burko we'd love to talk to you more but we've just got a message through that nick montgomery head coach of the central coast mariners is Ready to roll after this next commercial break. Can you come back and join us and bring uh, bring a couple of friends uh, before yeah. 10 o'clock? Yep,
3: certainly will. Great
1: uh, guys. Gary Birkinshaw, the organiser here at Tugra, the regional bash is underway. It started last night and uh, continues this morning with the Central Coast Girls up against Newcastle. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN.
0: BJ Howes and the coast tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track.
1: Yeah, we're live from the Tuggerah Sporting Complex, and uh, now we can see the covers are off, Buttes. We've had the roller. We've got girls about to go out for their warm-up. So a couple of games coming up, but mm. the, one, the one that we're really interested in is the Central Coast up against the might of Newcastle.
2: What a ripper of a game that'll be. There's always that rivalry. The Nova Castrians taking on the Central Coast. And look, Burgo sort of indicated the Central Coast girls might struggle a little bit, but if they get their uh, mojo back um, after their disappointing performance yesterday, then we might be in for a show.
1: Yeah, T20 format, and uh, the men are in action tomorrow. But right now, let's go to the uh, head coach of the Central Coast Mariners. A win in the Cup against the Wollongong Wolves, and a fair bit of controversy in that match, but some outstanding performances. Nick Montgomery, good morning. Morning, guys. How are you? Yeah, we're well. Congratulations on the win in the Cup uh, midweek. Mark Birrigidi sent off, as I mentioned earlier in the show. Then a couple of outstanding performances. I thought Nizzi in the second half was superb. Urania probably could have scored a hat-trick. And Maresh gets his first goal for the Central Coast Mariners as well. Not to mention the young man, Harry McCarthy. I, th- I think he'd been on the field about two or three minutes. Mm. A masterstroke from the head coach. Give us your thoughts, Monty. Uh, you.
4: Yeah, look, I thought it was a really good cup tie. Uh, Wollongong are a good team. They've got a good young coach in Luke, Luke Wiltshire. He's a good friend of mine. So, that we knew they would be aggressive. Um, but, look, I think... Up until the uh, crazy decision and, uh, and Burris sent off, we were firmly in the driving seat, and, and it was only a matter of time before we scored. But yeah, look, that's football. All of a sudden, uh, a decision like that—you um, know—even looking back numerous times on the on the footage, it's very hard to understand why you know why it wasn't a foul on Burris to start with, and then a penalty and a, and a red card was. Uh, yeah, it was at the time it was we felt hard done by, um, but. I think after that, as you said, then the boys are fantastic. We didn't panic. We we stayed calm. We did not like We had a man less, and I thought we dominated the whole game. And, and, and even towards the end, uh, we could we could have had you know three or four goals easily uh, to finish the game off. But all credit to Wollongong, they, uh, they they made it hard for us. And and yeah, there was some outstanding performances on the night.
1: Have you uh, have you seen the footage, butte No, I didn't see so, no. I so it. The, the Wollongong Wolves player pretty much cannonballs head first into Beerus. Beerus, you can see that he's winded, he's hurt, but he gets up and he gives him like a bit of a shove, nothing much in it. Next thing, there's a consultation between the ref and the linesman, and uh, it's a red card which staggers everyone. Then they get a penalty and go 1-0 up.
2: (laughs) Crazy, crazy decision. Uh, I can understand why, Nick, you're, you know... (laughs) puzzled or you know perplexed perplexed by the whole situation but I guess the biggest thing for you is that you would have been happy with the side in terms of their tenacity uh, their grit determination being down uh, not only being down one man but also being down uh, a a goal on the back of that Um, a great performance from the boys to just I guess gather their composure uh, pull themselves together and focus on the task at hand
4: yeah, look, Bruce. I think firstly you'd have been proud on the ta- with the tackle um, that um their, their play did on Burris. <laughs> it was sort of in his stomach, uh, probably could have broken a few ribs. Um but now look, you know, it, it was uh, an opportunity for us to, you know, to do some what we we prepared in pre season. That was to, to play with ten men. Um, you know, nice. and again just to just to see the boys' composure and, and attitude and desire and, and everything that they showed was Really pleasing, and and again, the performances, uh, some of the performances are outstanding. Muresh, on his debut scoring, um, thought he was superb. And and, and Harry McCarthy coming off the bench, another young MPL boy you you probably not know that much about, but a very talented boy, and within three minutes comes on and gets a win, and possibly could have had another one, um, but was brought down uh, at the edge of the box, which resulted in a red card for one of their players late in the game. So, yeah, real good cup tie, and no doubt the fans really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, and uh, McCarthy, by the way, for our listeners, uh, so he's uh, off that assembly line out of Manly United Mm. on the uh, Northern Beaches in Sydney. I think he was a young socceroo under Gary Van Egmond. So fantastic stuff. And I just want to go back to Nizzi again, because I think that his combination with Urania is just a delight to watch on the right-hand side. And, you know, he just goes from strength to strength, uh, Josh Nisbet. And uh, I feel like when Irenia came on and the combination on that right edge really made the difference. And do you agree any other night Irenia probably gets three in that cameo late in the match?
4: Yeah, look, what we have to do, Steve, is we, you know, we, we, we've got a game tomorrow. We have to you know rest a couple of players that possibly um, needed a little bit of a rest. And that meant leaving Irenia and Cy Goddard on the bench, knowing that if you need to bring them on, they can come on and, uh, and change any game at any level. So, look, um, I thought we brought them on at the right time. And talking about Nizzi there, I think he's been, been superb since the start of the season. Look, his game's changed a lot. You know, when I took the job, I asked him, "What do you want to be?" And, and and look, he he wanted to be more attacking. So you know, I made the point that well, if you want to be more attacking, you need to start looking forward, playing forward, passing forward, running forward. Because previously, you know, he was uh, at times you know ineffective in midfield, where he's very good keeping the ball. But if you want to score goals, you have to stretch the opposition, you have to get in behind them, you have to make forward runs and. He's been, uh, he's been doing that and he's already got a goal, you know, an assist and and I think the whole of last season he got one assist so I think already you can see a change in his game and that's because he's, uh, he's got good game intelligence, he's willing to learn, he listens and he does what you ask him to do so you know, really happy for Nizi but again, it's, it's never about an individual, it's always about the team performance and I thought as a team going down to 10 men, showing that mental resilience just to not panic, just to keep playing, you know, 70 odd minutes with, with 10 men is never easy but I think we've uh, we, 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 you know, we more than more than deserved uh, the victory, and like you said, possibly could have made it very comfortable at the end, but for lack of uh, lack of finishing. Um, but it doesn't matter. We take the uh, we take the win and through to the next round.
2: Yeah, definitely, mate. Definitely, the uh, the game tomorrow. You touched on it against Macarthur. Um, what are you expecting, mate, going into that match?
4: Well, we're expecting a tough game. It's down at Penrith. It's a stadium that we're not familiar with. Uh, I don't think they're familiar with it either. So it'll be a little bit different on on that side. Well, look, they've got some good players in that front third. We know Danny De Silva, obviously De Villa, big marquee player for them. Um, you know, Tommy Urich, Craig Noon. Um, you know, they've got some very good players and they've got a big budget. They've spent a lot of money in that front third. So we have to be careful. We have to defend well. Um, but I think, we, again, it's about us playing playing our game. We've analysed the way that they play. Um, and, and yeah, look, it's you know, it, it always on the day. It's 11 v 11 and we'll go there full of confidence and, and go there to get a result.
2: It was one of your concerns uh, from the previous game, your defence, you're a little bit disappointed with the, the uh, defensive aspect of, of the team's performance. Um, is it something you've worked on over the last couple of weeks?
4: Yeah, look, I think, you know, it was really only that Wellington game we, we considered a poor set piece where, you know, we uh, we didn't do what we, we were asked to do. And, you know, at the highest level, you know, as well as anyone views, it's them small margins that if you get them wrong, but, you know, uh, at the highest level, they can cost you a goal. And uh, even in that game, again, you know, all the stats we had more than enough to, to to win probably two games of football. But you know, we let ourselves down by not defending the corner properly and a wicked deflection off off Farrell and not punishing them in 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 the opposition goal when we had opportunities. So yeah, it's something that we talked about, we analysed it and and we know we got we got to get better, we got to keep improving. But you know, the good thing is I think we've got a lot more improvement to go and it's a young team. They're going to make mistakes and, and that's how they grow. So you know, I'm really pleased with, with,
1: with everybody and, and you know,
4: tomorrow's a good opportunity for us to. To, to go there and, and, and put in a good performance.
1: I actually called the game last week Sydney FC versus MacArthur, and uh, I feel like MacArthur, they went to plan C on their list of, of options because they're a team that like to dominate possession, Nick. And uh, last week against Sydney FC, I think possession wise, it was almost 70 30 Sydney FC's weight.
4: Yeah, look, who said they've got some, you know, the Villa's is a very good play, he likes to get on the ball with no down end did silver. Craig Noon. So you know they're a team that does like to keep possession, but you know Sydney are also a team that like to keep possession. But you know one thing that I always say is possessions never won a game of football, and that 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 that's true. You know obviously you know we had dominated against Wellington last week, didn't win the game, but it's always about the end result, and that's you know scoring more goals in the opposition. So it's not really a stat that I get too too involved in. Um, you know we know their strengths, and I'm sure they've uh, you know analysed us as well. So when it comes down to Tomorrow when the game kicks off, then, yeah, it's going to be about who uh, you know, who performs on the day and, and gets a result.
1: Hey, Nick, I, I know you've got another interview in about 10 seconds, so I'll wrap this up, but have you got any idea who you play in the quarterfinal of the FFA Cup?
4: No idea. I think it goes um, countrywide, so it could be anybody. Um, and I think it's Sunday that the, 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 uh, the draw's
1: made. Yeah, and there's a chance, there's some permutations, but the Mariners might end up in the Asian Champions League if they get the right result in this FFA Cup. Nick, thanks so much for your time. I know you've got another interview, so best of luck to the Mariners against MacArthur tomorrow. Cheers, guys. Have a good day. Thank you. That is the legendary Nick Montgomery, head coach of the Central Coast Mariners. He's Uh, done a
2: great job with the side, I've got to say. And I think, you know, I can just sense that there is some really positive signs for the the Mariners.
1: He'd feel like they really missed an opportunity last week against Wellington, but then you watch Wellington last night and... Yeah, it's a cruel game, football. Yeah, it's probably the one sport where the team that dominates quite often doesn't get the result. Like uh, they probably could have gone two. I think at least two nil up. Yep. Wellington Phoenix against the Wanderers. In the end, Wanderers win two nil. Yep, that's and,
2: you know, and that's soccer, unfortunately. And the margins are so close. Like you know, I've seen. And that's the beauty of the FFA Cup, where you can have sides that are second, third tier. Still beat the top sides, and and, you know, that wouldn't happen in rugby league, it wouldn't happen in you know most other sports. But in this sport, the margins are so small, it's uh, yeah, that's why I guess that's why people love it so much.
1: Hey, Butte, just down the road from us, uh, around about 10 minutes, uh, the Masters Invitational Hockey is happening. Uh, Brett Johnson, former kookaburra, will join us a little later in the show. Next up, though, we're going to the flagship. Huh. We're going to SEN HQ. Adam Peacock is doing his show. In fact, he's doing an outside broadcast on the Northern Beaches this morning. We'll talk some more football with Adam Peacock right after this.
0: BJ Howes Metal and the coast tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhouse.com.au. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track.
1: Yeah, good morning. We're live from Tugra, the Central Coast Regional Sporting Complex. And on the northern field, in around about 26 minutes and 8 seconds from now, Northern Inland versus Coffs Harbour. And Coffs, they were sensational last night. So these are both teams that won in round one of the regional bash, the T20 format. On the field behind me, the southern end, of this complex it'll be the central coast girls up against newcastle at 10 a.m this morning so really looking forward to seeing the central coast girls in action they're aiming to bounce back after a raid rain delayed match last night and they went down narrowly so play gets underway at 10 a.m this morning right now though let's go live to the northern beaches in sydney from sen the flagship station of our network uh head football commentator adam peacock good morning Morning, guys. How are things? Yeah, fantastic, mate. We're at the uh, regional bash, which is at the uh, Tugra Sporting Complex, and it just looks magnificent. So this morning we'll see the Central Coast women in action. A little bit later on today they'll take on Newcastle, so you know how powerful that Hunter region is. So that should be a cracking game. It's all in the uh, T20 format. Hey, before we go any further, you might have heard that Michael Buton has had a lengthy career in media but he does zero research. Adam, paint a picture for us. Have you got the New York Times there, the LA Times, the London newspapers? Give Buttes a snapshot of what a real sports show looks like. Oh, mate, I've got Code Sports open, and that gives you all the detail about all the
5: big stories, Buttes. Um, I'm saying that because I work for them full-time. Uh, this my regular gig. Codesports.com.au, check it out. But no, uh, yeah, I, I, I like reading every morning. The first thing I do is basically get on the phone and um, read for half an hour or whatever. It doesn't take much, and I'm looking forward guys to this game at uh, Penrith tomorrow they've had to move it MacArthur Bulls um, because the, the pitch isn't quite ready at uh, Campbelltown so and they're taking on the Central Coast Mariners and again guys uh, you'll give us the, the lowdown on the Mariners they're the little club that could they punched way above their weight last season and there's a few signs un, uh, under Nick Montgomery the new coach that they can do it again
2: yeah there certainly is you know they've uh, come out well I, I think the big thing for the Mariners and something that's really impressed me over the last two seasons, and, and Nick Montgomery's going to continue this, and he's been in charge of the academy program for the last three or four seasons, is that he's bringing through the youth. And, and we saw uh, they had success last week in the FFA Cup game. Yeah, uh, highly controversial,
1: because uh, Mark Birrigitte was sent off with a red card. There was a penalty. They were down 1-0. Yep. And then Moresh scores his first goal, the Brazilian. Uh, interesting too, Adam, Moresh, the only place he has played is Brazil. Uh, Mm. And he's come out here as a young man. Urania could have scored a hat-trick in that game. And, uh, you know, he really made the difference. And I think Josh Nisbet was outstanding as well. So like you said, that's another academy player.
2: Another academy. And I think Harry Steele played the full game uh, the other night, which is fantastic for the young kid. He got uh, got his debut uh, that first game against Newcastle. Uh, Got 10 minutes there. But, look, there's so many young kids coming through. Jacob Farrell uh, out at left back. He had a great start against Newcastle, struggled a bit uh, in the next game. But I think overall uh, Nick has done a great job in terms of bringing – and that's you know what he brings to the side in terms of that's what he was like on the field himself. He had that character, that gutsy, that gritty determination. Uh, and I think he's instilled that, and I I don't think it's a bad quality at all to instill in the uh, Mariners. I think it's a
1: really tough one tomorrow, Adam. I'd like to get your thoughts on it, because MacArthur pulled off the massive upset at Net Strata Jubilee or Mm. Cogra against Sydney FC last week. Yeah, it'll be, I reckon it'll be a
5: little tense affair out there at Penrith. Um, I, I just, like both coaches, especially Ante Milicic at MacArthur, he'll, uh, he'll look to be really, really steady with and without the ball. So I, I can't see it being a, like a blowout 3-0, 4-0. But uh, the Mariners had some great results against MacArthur last season. One one I do want to ask you guys is, um, especially Michael Butin, a former footy player, Mariners coming up against Danny De Silva tomorrow. Uh, So Danny Mm. had a great season last year at the Mariners, but then walked away and uh, went down to MacArthur. Um, Do you kick him? Do you you let him know you're there early in the game? Of course you do. Matty Simon
2: will (laughs) let him know. There's no doubt about it. Matty (laughs) Simon lets everybody know (laughs) that he's around. Uh, But he will you know what? The first five, ten minutes you're going to go in that little bit harder. You're going to remind him that you know what he's left us. Uh, Have
1: have you got some intel? Is Matty Simon in?
2: Well... uh, I'm not here to suggest that he is, but Hope my so. sources tell me that yeah. there's a fair chance he oh, might get a start. I tell you, so. Adam, he
1: was good last week too. Danny De Silva, uh, also Tommy Orr. That combination was good. Noon on the right side with some fabulous crosses. So they really pulled off an ambush last week. And they're a team that like to dominate possession. And you would have seen, I think, last week it was 3070 Sydney FC's way. So. You know, it's showed that Ante Milicic, he's got a plan A, B, and C, and, and he went with plan C last week to beat the juggernaut that is Sydney FC. Mm. Hey, mate, Butte and I have both got a question. Where mm. is Finchie? Uh, he's <laughs> I'm looking at him <laughs> right now. He's 2 year olds here. Um, oh. Actually,
5: I'm looking at them both thinking, which one's the two-year-old? So um, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's um, oh, yeah, he's, he's just collecting her. You would have heard the noise at the start of this little segment. He went off and um, got in one of these Can-Ams, and, um, yeah, he uh, started pumping the music as loud as he could, and they were having a great time. So Finchie's going to come back in a minute. But, guys, we've got a bar. Really appreciate it uh, this morning. Have a great show up there, and, um, yeah, we'll catch you soon, eh? Beautiful,
1: mate. Thanks Good for your, your time. It's like, uh, just like old times, like the old 2GO yeah. days. See you, mate. Exactly. Adam Peacock there. So from the uh, flagship station SEN eleven seventy in Sydney, they're doing an outside broadcast as well. Uh, would have liked to have heard from Finchie.
2: Finchie obviously was with his two-year-old daughter. I don't know who's got the who's the smartest out of the two. I dare say his daughter's uh, probably getting.
1: I tell you, I do love hearing Finchie on the SEN Rugby League call. Yes, he's, he's very, very good. Well, he calls it how he sees it. He's probably unlike anyone else who there's a lot of fence hitters in footy, isn't there?
2: Mm-hmm. No, that's exactly right. Plenty of guys with splinters in their bums. But uh, he uh, calls it how he says and it.
1: If you've played for nearly every club in the competition, you're entitled to have a, a strong opinion. <laughs> yeah,
2: no, true that. And then he's you know certainly across what happens at most clubs as well, which is great.
1: Hey, we'll take a quick break here, and then we'll, uh, we'll head just a little up the road and talk some hockey. Uh, they've done a fantastic job, Brett Johnson and the entire team at Central Coast Hockey. They're having the Masters Invitational. So teams from... As far west as Dubbo and Orange mm. and then and then north to the border from Ballina and also Lismore and lots of Sydney teams as well. So we'll talk some hockey right after this on Saturdays on the Coast on SEN.
0: BJ Howes, and the Coast tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhouse.com.au. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track.
1: Yeah, welcome back to Tugra, the Central Coast Sporting Complex, and we're just about set for action. Around about 14 minutes and 55 seconds away from, well, it looks like the girls are almost set to go here. So on the northern field... We'll have Northern Inland versus Coffs. On the Southern field, we'll have Newcastle up against the Central Coast. That's the one that we can't wait mate, to see. what
2: colours? Talk to me about colours.
1: Yeah, well, we've got the uh, head coach of Newcastle here, so the opposition, the Newcastle Blasters, Tom Anderson. Good morning, mate, and uh, great to see you on the Central Coast. And like the Central Coast, you guys are looking to bounce back this morning.
6: Yeah, absolutely. We're um, we're, we're really pleased to be down here. Um, it's a great complex Uh the, the weather's sort of holding off for us so it'll be a great game between uh, Newcastle and Central Coast. A lot of the girls know each other so uh, it'll be a good contest and we can't wait to get out there.
2: Tell us a bit about the uh, development of female cricket on the coast and in Newcastle. You've been involved in it for quite some time now? Yeah,
6: yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, I am old. Um, <laughs> one of the, uh, the, the, the best things Newcastle Cricket has done and Central Coast Cricket, they've developed a women's comp in both areas. Um, Central Coast has led the way Um, basically in this area, and uh, they've got two divisions. Newcastle have now gone from four teams up to eight teams this year, and uh, we've picked a lot of those girls that have done well in that this year. So uh, it's a step up for them, but uh, we'll see how they go in the second game.
1: Uh, Tom, are you batting to start the day, Central Coast fielding?
6: Yeah, no, we've decided to have a bat. we, we think that the Central Coast might be, we, if we can get them under pressure later on with our spinners, we've got some uh, really good spinners there, so um, we'll be looking to do that. Uh,
1: Kate, Kate McTaggart at the top of the order, like uh, I know you went down last night, but 37 or 53, including three fours.
6: Yeah, yeah, Kate's a, a rising star, she's uh, in the under, under 16 um, develop, uh, state squad, uh, I think she's only 14 actually, and... Um, we, we use her in, in a role that uh, Kate's comfortable with, and she likes to take on the, the big gun, so it's my, really good.
1: My goodness,
6: 14. Yeah, unbelievable, isn't it?
1: And she came out last night and just absolutely smashed it.
2: Mate, uh, Tom, I just want to touch about yourself and your career uh, as a coach. Last year's New South Wales Country Coach of the Year. Yeah, yeah. was It
6: was a nice uh, reward for some... Uh, fairly hard work with uh, not only myself, but all the coaches around have put in. I was lucky enough to go up to Tamworth and win the country champs for the 16s and the the 19s last year. Um, And uh, I'm involved with Northern Districts down in the Sydney competition and uh, we were fortunate enough to win the first grade competition down there as well. Mm. So it was a big year.
1: Yeah, wow. So have you got a dual role here? Like are you also selecting... While you're here this weekend,
6: ah, uh, yeah, we're we're looking at some of the girls going around. Um, the 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 pools have been uh, there's a southern pool and a northern pool, so uh, we're having a look at some of the girls up here. Some of the the um, uh, Coff, Coffs Harbour girls are f- absolutely fantastic, and um, it'll be interesting to see how we can. Um, uh, work out who the best players are yep. it's, it's going to be exciting
2: where do the girls go from here like the winner of this top plays in a uh, yeah the, the, next the stage. top
6: top two yep. top two go through to uh semi-finals and finals it's either at uh, SCG or North Sydney Oval yep um they play the top two from the southern pool so it, it, it's good cricket down there um i know that I think the Coffs Harbour team may have uh, been in the final last year. I'm not not exactly sure, but, yeah, uh, it's going to be exciting down there for sure. Yeah, Gary
1: said they were in the final, and uh, we also spoke earlier in the show about Handano.
6: Yes, yes, Anita Handano. um, I've had a lot to do with her. I've been away on um, uh, nationals with... Uh, Anuda, and she's a fantastic player and she's she's really made herself super fit who are some of the players
2: to keep an eye on over the weekend here uh and, and obviously i think burko was touching about the fact that there's so many young girls playing
6: yeah yeah absolutely um in my team i think you probably find kirsten smith's probably one of the best uh country players in in new south wales um she's always been in the new south wales countryside uh the country Uh, Captain is out there with the Coffs Harbour team in Kate Jackson. She's fantastic as well. Um, Olivia Olivia Osborne out there. She's just come out of nationals, and she's in a development side um, down in the ACT, along with Alicia Bates from the coast, who's one of the best young players to come through out of this program.
1: Yeah, you know, we've been talking on this show for the last couple of weeks particularly Lauren Smith joined us last week so played with the Sydney Sixers and also mm-hmm. the Sydney Thunder. Yep. You're nodding Tom, have you had a bit to do with her?
6: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be good friends with Lauren. Lauren come up and visited me in Newcastle last week um, just to debrief after, after the uh, big bash and um, did she
2: debrief after the show? Because she was on our
6: show last week. She was probably
2: saying how good we were and that <laughs> yeah. was one of the whole lots of her career. I. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: Do you know I got a I got a feeling when I caught up with her for MBN television through the week that she may she might be off to another franchise. She's one of only three women that have played one hundred mm. games and she's a three time premiership winner, but I got a feeling that yeah, she yeah. might be on the move. She she couldn't give me a scoop. What do yeah, you think?
6: No, I, I I'm, I'm hoping Lauren's a very good player, and she's been around for a long time, and um, she deserves to be up in that uh, upper echelon. And uh, she she's a fantastic girl. She'll be there tomorrow. We got some um, really good. We got a really good game tomorrow in Sydney at Asquith. Uh, we got Stella Campbell stepping up tomorrow for us as well. So. Uh, it would be interesting down there.
2: One thing I like about Lauren is like she's been around for a long time, but she's still only 25, 26. She's got a lot to offer the game still.
6: Oh, 100%. And the, and the whole thing is that Lauren comes back to grassroots cricket. Mm. She's she's not that um, player that just thinks that she's too good for us. Um, she comes back. She helps out. She's she's a lovely girl, and I can't speak highly enough about her.
1: Yeah, we probably didn't talk enough either about the catch she took in WBBL07. Uh, think Fatty Vorton. Oh. It, it wasn't one-handed, but it was—it was a magnificent catch, wasn't it?
6: Yeah, absolutely. And, and and like she's bowled the last over in finals to make you know to win, to win the competition with the sixers and stuff like that. So yeah, she's a fantastic player, and she just needs an opportunity.
1: Yeah, and women's sport in general. So we've seen the Matildas get record crowds at um, Stadium Australia. Uh, is it a core stadium now? That's what they're calling it. Also up in Newcastle through the week, so over fifty thousand fans in total. And looking at the WBBL, like Perth win last week, I think they got a massive crowd over in the West as well. So, you know, women's sport has never been in a better position.
6: Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's right. And I think um, the top players in the in the WBBL, uh, and the the. Not so good players. Uh, it's the the gap is much closer now, and and uh, there's not those big discrepancies in that talent. Tom, from a coaching perspective,
2: you know what are the instructions to your team, and how much does that change depending on what happens, ball by ball, over by over, in a t twenty game.
6: Yeah, I must admit, t twenty is quite uh, difficult to coach. Um, the The momentum shifts in t twenty are, are massive. Yep. Um, we like the We like the girls and and boys for that matter to move the game on so it's no use going out there and getting forty off fifty balls that's that's no good for anybody and um, we're looking to get fifty off forty balls yeah so uh, that's what we 're looking for. Um, It's going to be tough today. The outfield's a little slow, but we're going to give it a good shot, and we've got some heavy hitters to come in later on. So we've changed the order a little bit today, so it'll be interesting.
1: Hey, Tom, a couple of minutes out from game time. Is all of your work done? Do you say anything else to the team? Uh, You know, because everyone's got a different coaching philosophy. You you were coached by Brian Smith, who was very, how would you describe it, hands-on. Well, he was
2: hands-on, and he was also...
1: Micromanaging, perhaps?
2: Well, to, to a certain extent, yeah. And also, he got to the point where... But he was very good with his skill development. And, you know, you felt extremely confident going into the game that you'd done the work during the week. Uh, I think
6: that, that that's the key. I think um, you've got to back your training. You've got to trust what you've been doing, trust the process and trust the training to take it to the next level. Um, when you get out there, you just go into the game and you just concentrate on each ball. Um, all these girls have played fairly high level. Um, some of them will... will play hopefully um, big Bash and New South Wales but if they don't as long as they're trying their best and doing their, their you know getting to the top well that's a, that's all we can ask
1: Tom uh, final question from me is their added spice like do you feel I mean I, I think Central Coast feels it more than Newcastle because Central Coast is like the little brother correct 100 percent.
2: Newcastle's yeah. big brother. Yeah, They're in their ivory tower, and they kind of strut around yeah. a bit. The Nova oh, mate, hands. I've seen it today already. they strutting yeah, around. No,
6: no, I've been looking at my penthouse. <laughs> <laughs> I can see, I can oh, see no, Central no, Coast no. from Newcastle in my penthouse. Yeah. Uh, no, it's um, it's a really good thing. Um, we like the rivalry. Um, we, we feed off that a little bit. We know that, you know, we always say that the Central Coast people are very balanced. They've got a chip on each shoulder, so that's all good.
1: <laughs> and you'd know that uh, last year, even though the Central Coast didn't win the Men's Country Championship... They beat Newcastle for the first time in one of the greatest games of regional cricket yeah. in the men that's that we've ever seen. We had
6: the ticker tape parade after that,
2: didn't we? Yeah, I mean, we really celebrated that and rubbed their
1: noses in it. Yeah, down down the uh, tugra Strait. Yeah.
6: I think I think Newcastle may have won that country championship. Well, I'm not, I'm pretty sure. That's that. irrelevant, mate. We yeah. we beat we did beat, beat Newcastle for the first
1: time in three decades. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we're off to the news. Yeah. Uh, great to see you, Tom. Good luck this weekend, mate. And, Thank you. Uh, and uh, pleasure to have you on our show this morning. This is Saturdays on the Coast. We'll talk some hockey. We've tracked down Brett Johnson. And we'll talk a whole lot more cricket as well. Plus, there's plenty of other news this morning. Lightning Luke King, one of our great mates, is racing at Mount Panorama. We'll fill you in in our second hour. Saturdays on the Coast on SEN.
0: BJ Howes Metal The Coast tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track.
1: Yeah, welcome back to Tagra on this Saturday morning, and we're at the Regional Bash, and both games are underway. In fact, we'll pass the microphone to Gary Birkinshaw, uh the organiser from Central Coast Cricket, and Tara Craig is steaming in on the northern field, and uh, we've got runs here, so... This game is between Northern Inland and Coffs. Both of these teams winners last night.
3: Yeah, they were. So this is the unbeaten side. So it should be a really good good contest. So you've obviously got Coffs Char- Chargers. are based up around the Coffs Harbour uh, north coast area. And uh, Northern Inland's made up of, of around Tamworth, Gunnedah. And there's a few Central Coast girls have been called in to uh, talk about the numbers. They had a few withdrawals late. so But uh, both very good winners last and night. And young Tara Craig, she got three for ten yesterday in her, uh,
2: her first match. Yeah, off
3: her four overs. So they bowled very, very well. And this is a going to Anita Handana, who you spoke about earlier. Oh, a little edge there, educated edge. Very well played. Yet down to third man for a single.
1: Yeah. So uh, your daughter's also playing. How, how do yeah. you feel uh, juggling that role as an organizer, but also a, a proud dad?
3: Oh, I look very proud of proud of her. She's only been playing for for a couple of years now, but um, but really enjoys her cricket. She actually loves it and uh, can't can't train enough and just be played out here. She's. To her, it's all experience. She's only she's only just turned 19, so here it's just go. a big experience for her. So um, Here
2: we go, mate. Looks like we've got another no ball. That's
3: on the yeah. Central case game, yeah? Yeah,
2: yeah, and uh, we've got a free hit coming up, so let's see if she's about to uh, open
3: up the shoulders and uh, unleash.
1: I'll tell you what else we've got. With Newcastle, we've got a 14-year-old who's been their opening batsman, which is incredible.
3: Which would be one of the girls here, I would imagine, would be opening the batting because there's the two opening bats. So I'll just have a quick look, actually.
1: Number four
2: looks like she's uh, young and looking for an opportunity. Well, yeah. just
1: just a few moments ago, Tom Anderson told us that uh, at the tender age of fourteen, I mean that is, that is amazing, Butes, And uh, yeah. last night she was sensational. So play is underway. Uh, could you give us your predictions? And you'll have to whisper this because okay. I, I think they could almost hear you from where where we are. Exactly. Well, I think as I, I think it said, I
3: reckon Coffs Chargers will win the will win the championship. Um, I think they are. I think they'll be the better side. Um, i do like the Northern Inland side with the with the mix now of a few of those Central Coast girls. Certainly made them very strong. But Newcastle, you can't write them up. They're very, um, they're very strong also. And Central Coast, it's a good learning yeah. for our for our girls.
1: If you want to go over to the Central Coast girls and just mention what Tom said, he reckons he's in the penthouse up there in Newcastle, yeah. and he said we're evenly balanced down here. On the central coast, with a chip on each shoulder.
3: <laughs> well, that'd be right. That'd be that'd be pretty true. Yeah, Just well, <laughs> spoken th- like a true Newcastle. I've got to say, uh, Berge, it's a
2: good start from the central coast girls the, from the bowling performance. Uh, not too many runs coming off the bat, and they're
3: keeping it really tight. Yeah, it's just mate, So the, the girl who opened the bowling, she's she's 15. This is Piper Hook. She's 16 years of age. So just just watch the development of women's cricket. They are coming in now, and she she bowled with reasonable pace on that, and just oh, a good player. Yeah. Nice little bit of outswing. So but, yeah. but they've started better today than what they did yesterday. So, yeah. obviously, they're a little bit more relaxed. Got one game under their belt. And one of the things that, that Jade came home and said last night was quite, um, was quite interesting. She said, well, you know what, Dad, I feel a lot more. She was so nervous yesterday. I feel a lot more comfortable today because, you know, bowlers bowl bad balls like I do. They get hit for four and they bowl some wides. And some people get out for outscoring. Same for me. So, all of a sudden, she, she had the expectation that it was so much, so much higher. Yeah. But today, she's a lot more relaxed because she knows, well, you know, they make mistakes like I do. And so my best is as good as what they are. Well,
1: we just had a conversation off the air about you see it in numerous sports where sometimes you'll see a team get blown off the park early, but then in the next two or three quarters, it's pretty even because suddenly a good player realises ah, that's where the standard is, and I need to rise to it. Yeah. And so quite often you'll see, you know, a six or seven goal first quarter in sports like AFL. Mm-hmm. The rest of the game's pretty even because a good player can step up.
3: Yeah, and that's right. Another example of that, perfectly, Steve. You just see a player who just, no matter what class of foot, they just keep getting better and better and yeah. better standard. You might look at them playing at club football, and you think, oh, gee, they'll struggle at the next level. But the next level they go up to, they're always able to adapt and, 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 and reach the standard that's required at that next level. So that's well, a nice shot there.
2: Oh yep. Well beat the field. This could get to the boundary and it has. That's first our four. first four for the yeah, day. Nice Fantastic.
1: Shot. How good is that, well, Steve A? Butes, this is the sport that you absolutely love. our listeners might not know it, but you will uh you'll watch the Boxing Day test all day, every day, is that correct? Yeah, hundred percent.
2: Big bash, what whatever's going on the cricket. I love the cricket. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, I guess I was always brought up watching it at home and whatever else. But yeah. I don't mind the cricket. I don't. I don't like the fact that you got to stand out there for six hours a day. That doesn't appeal to me at all. But I'm happy to sit at home and watch it on. Is TV. it a
1: sport you played?
2: I played a little bit when I was younger. Not at any great heights, that's for sure. But um, and everybody always played backyard cricket at you home. Know? That was always the uh, you know around Christmas time, bit of backyard cricket. Uh, but yeah, it's good to see the girls out here doing their bit.
1: Uh, Berko, can we ask you about wbbl seven, the final yeah. last weekend, oh, and yeah. what, what were your thoughts about Perth getting the win?
3: Yeah, look, I thought they were probably the better side, especially in the back half of the competition. When you've got Beth Mooney and um, Divine at the top, and Sophie Devine at the top of the order, they just got them off to such a fantastic start. And Alana King with her leg spin was also very good. But a lot the strikers did well. They come virtually from the elimination final to get all their way to, to the final, and they put up a good show. But I don't think you did knock Purge. I thought they were the best side.
2: I remember Lauren saying that she thought Adelaide were going to go on, and because they had such momentum going into that final, and yeah. like you said, they've come from. Zero to
3: hero now, and uh, it was yeah. a great performance from yeah. the
2: strikers, considering where they were.
3: Yeah, exactly, exactly right. And yeah, you know, and, and, you know, it's an interesting format, but I think I think the format, I think the format works where you know the top side got the benefit, the second side got the next benefit, and then the, if you finished third, fourth, you had to win every game, you had to yeah. beat, you had to beat everyone to make it. So. Yeah, I, I think that's
2: important. Yeah. Uh, it, it was another great season, the, the WBBL, and and you know what, we're seven seasons strong, and it's great to see the game continues to grow, and, and I'm really looking forward to the men's competition kicking off uh in the next couple of weeks
3: um well, it one... starts tomorrow tomorrow, tomorrow. Oh, there yeah. you go there you go <laughs> the, thing with the, 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 the wbbl it just gets better and better every year yeah i think from a bbl perspective i think where we where we lack at the bbl we lack that star power in the in the competition whether that be from internationals coming and playing the game we can't get our international test players they, our best players yeah. don't play because there's no window for it and uh so you, oh. there's a wicket there, Grace Dignam's just bowled. And that's that uh, Anita Honda. And there's a wicket over here as well, Steve, one behind oh, us as well. Oh.
1: happening. That is massive. So on both fields simultaneously, uh, we've had wickets four. That, that, yeah, so. Is that the superstar, Handano? Yes, yes. yes. Oh, yeah. she looks disappointed. Oh, she yeah.
3: slapped the bat against the uh, pads. Not happy at all. Yeah, very good ball. That was Grace Digma, who's who's um, actually out there playing for the Northern Inland Bowlers. She bowls a little off spin, but she is actually the captain of the New South Wales ACT Country Under 19s. So she's a she's a very good player in her own right as well. So. Um, plenty of talented cricketers, cricketers out here
1: plenty on the coast as well so. I know Buttes wants to ask you about the Ashes uh, rapidly oh, yeah. approaching
2: well it's all happening now we got uh, what four or five days away from the first test match up in Brisbane uh, the we've decided on the uh, wicketkeeper Alex Carey got a new captain Patrick Cummins um it's all looking really positive for the Aussies. Yeah, look,
3: look they, they were good. And they also announced it looks like Travis Head's going to fill that vacant, or yeah. not vacant, but that, that number, number five, five. Uh, Uthman Khawaja and, uh, and Mitchell Stark. And rightly so, Mitchell Stark's been an, been an integral part of the line. I don't, I can't see, you know, Jai Richardson putting a late claim, but I don't think you can go past our fast bowling, you know, especially the start of an Ashes. And, you know, even England, they're had their, their they in the middle of a trial game at the moment. Ben Stokes come back after he's he's been out for quite a while, so he, he bowled quite well as well. So I think it'll be a really enthralling content. I think day one at the Gabba is always, of an Ashes series, is always an exciting day of the, the summer of cricket. And Jimmy Anderson, is he still out
2: here? He's like, still he, out of, yeah. Made, what is he,
3: 39, 40 yeah. years of age? Yeah. I think this is like his sixth
2: or seventh Ashes, Ashes. Yeah. which yeah. is just phenomenal. Um, and gee, he's been such a instrumental part of this England side for such a long period of time. He's
3: just been so resilient. Like a number of times. I remember when he first came out when he was a bit younger and they said he'll never survive. He's not fast enough. He just bowls a swing on the Australian yep. wicket, And he did struggle a little bit. He's now just developed his game and you know, to a level now where on any condition, he went over to India on, on the flattest decks of the world and was able to take wickets with his reverse swing and, yep. and that. So he's, he's just a tireless performer, meticulous in his preparation and just an integral part still, even at his age of the England attack. What does the Uh, What does having Ben Stokes in the England side mean for
2: them? Like, obviously, he's such a a dominant player, not only with the bat, but also with the ball. And and I guess he just brings so much confidence to the other players within his side.
3: Oh, that's right. He's such a big impact. He's such an imposing figure. And Mm. arguably, behind Joe Root, probably their best player. But in relation to the team structure, if you can have a player in your side who can hold their spot in the side as a bowler on their own, or a batsman on their own, to have one player do that. That is just so, that's so good for balance. Yeah, hey,
1: they... hey boys, uh, just a quick update. So the the batter to fall between the Central Coast and Newcastle was McGuigan, Uh caught Bates, bowled Thompson. Uh, so went for a duck off five balls. The new batter in is is Smith, who's already hit a four off two two deliveries. And in the other game, so we saw Handano go, and as Gary said, it was Dignam. Handano had made five off six. And you saw how disappointed she was. She was hoping for a big knock.
3: Yeah, well, when Because the other thing to keep in mind is this is actually a selection carnival for the New South Wales countryside, which was no doubt Tommy would have mentioned when he was on yeah. here. So, when you have one good score, you always like to back it up. To you know, you can get a couple of good scores in the bank, and you know it, it certainly keeps you at the forefront of the selectors' mind. I think that that's what they all do. It's always always good to get that a uh, state cap, no matter what what level it is.
2: New
1: player in for Coffs is Kate Jackson.
2: Who's the uh, young girl here for the Central Coast Bowling
3: again? So that's Piper Hook. Piper so she, Hook. She's actually 16 years of age. She plays yeah. uh, locally for the Lizaroa Rimba um, Cricket Club. And I spoke to Piper yesterday. I'm um, oh, sorry, on Thursday. And I think she's on, at the start now. This is day two of what will be five or six days of cricket in a row. Yeah, Between wow. this, representative cricket tomorrow, school cricket. And there's just so much cricket available now for, for the girls. It's just um, yeah, really, really
1: good for them. You must be incredibly proud of what you're seeing.
3: Oh, look, just th- nice see where that, like you see a shot there is fantastic, but I just see where you see women's sport get to now. Like, and it's all, it is, it is to the forefront of, of everyone nationally the government, all those major sporting bodies to see, to see women's cricket. And we, we spoke last week, buttes about, about how at the, the Matildas at the top level and the, the, the WBBL, but yep. even a grassroots cricket, like these are the future of, um, you know, of, of the sport. And, and to get that, the gap between the top players and the, the next level, these are the ones who are going to close that gap.
1: Hey, by the way, that is uh, Kirsten Smith, uh, who's now made nine off four, uh, of... including two fours early in her knock. And it's like uh, her coach, Tom Anderson, said, their philosophy is let's move this game along.
3: Yeah, and, that, and that's the way T20 cricket is. And, uh, you know, and Kirsten she's a Sydney grade cricketer as well. So she plays first grade cricket up there. So... She's got the experience behind her to do that. And, but when you're first coming in, we spoke earlier on it was about they still play cricket like two twenty 20 to one day. They don't change their game. But as they come along, and she does it, like and Tommy says they'll move the game along. But if you haven't got the experience, very hard to do that in a, a safe, a, a controlled manner is probably the best way.
1: Yeah, we, uh, we definitely want to get a preview of the men who play tomorrow. And yeah. we reminded Tom earlier about the magnificent win by the Central Coast here oh. last year, uh, defeating Newcastle for the first time in three decades. And uh, let's hope the men can do something similar. Yeah, what did Tom say about that? He he didn't Uh, mention too much
2: about that? uh, No, what he did mention was the fact that Newcastle won the tournament.
1: Yeah, it's always always a good comeback. Yeah, Yeah. that's that's, that's probably a good one, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we're live from Tugra, the Central Coast Regional Sporting Complex. And uh, what an absolutely fantastic tournament this is. The regional bash for 2021. We'll take a short break. Back in just a moment. Saturdays on the coast on SEN.
0: BJ House Meadowland, the coast tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhouse.com.au. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track.
1: And we're back live at Tugra, the Central Coast Regional Sporting Complex, and just looking at the score update. So if you can't get to the game but you want to follow how some of the girls are going, it's the Plan B Regional Bash, and they do a fantastic work. So at the moment, the Newcastle Blasters... One for 23 off three and a half well, overs. I think they've
2: just lost their second wicket, Steve-O. Uh, I think they lost their second wicket.
1: Let me do a quick update for you, Buttes. Yeah, okay. So they have two. Two for 23 there you go. off four overs. And Hanley's gone for five off 16, including one four. The other match, one for 18 after four overs. So that's the Coffs Coast Chargers who Gary Birkinshaw believes is the favourites to take out the tournament. They're up against Northern Inland. So a fairly tight one there. And that's a great breakthrough for the Central Coast to get rid of both openers, Buttes.
2: Yeah, it certainly was. And uh, they've bought, they were a little bit off their line, uh, young Hooksy. She was, uh, I think she had three or four wides within that over. which But then she got one on the mark and ended up picking up a wicket, which oh, is good to see. That's her second wicket too. I
1: think, I think the words are erratic.
2: erratic. <laughs> She's a little bit all over the shop. But... Yeah. I guess that comes down to, you know, she's 16 years of age. She's just learning and dealing with this, you know, transition coming into this tougher competition.
1: Well, she's also bowling into a fairly strong breeze, and I wonder if that plays a role as well on Mm. the turf wicket. Let's go live uh, just up the road right now. There's a fantastic competition being played. It's the Masters Invitational Hockey, and Brett Johnson is there, former Australian rep. Good morning, mate.
7: Good morning, guys. How you doing?
1: Yeah, we're well, BJ. And uh, great to see you yesterday. Terrific opening day with teams from right around New South Wales. Paint a picture for us. Who's there? How many teams? How many players? And uh, tell us about the format of the competition.
7: Uh, So we've got uh, 26 teams uh, have joined us this weekend from as far reaching. So we've got teams from Dubbo, uh, teams from Orange, uh, team from Tari has joined us, and then probably about five or six, teams that have come up from uh, Sydney and then as well as we've got teams from Central Coast, sometimes two in each division. So, it's probably around 300 players here this weekend. Um, I heard a, a chat, we were talking to someone before about the standard of hockey or standard of whatever it was, lifting in certain instances. I think day two here Um, The standard's dropping quite quickly because there's a lot of tired bodies after (laughs) um, not having played sport for six months. And uh, some of, yes, I mean, the heat from yesterday morning was just astronomical that uh, that sapped a lot of energy out of a lot of people. So cooler conditions today here. And, um, you know, hockey is underway for a couple of hours now. So starting to figure out who's going to end on top and who's playing in finals tomorrow.
2: It's interesting, Brett, you talk about that. I um, I play Oztag myself, but haven't had much of a run over the last couple of months and I had a run on Thursday night and it was only 10-15 minutes worth of game time but gee I woke up sore on Friday morning so I could only imagine how these guys are feeling today uh, especially after yeah. the stifling heat yesterday
7: Yeah there was a few I've heard a few comments that oh. you know people just need to recondition their brains to, um, to you know I haven't my body isn't the same as what it was if I was playing week to week hockey through yeah. a normal season and you know some of these people you know, from the original lockdown in, in June, haven't picked up a hockey stick and thought it was a good idea to come over here and play five <laughs> games in three days. So, um, yeah, you know, there's been a shift in mindset with a lot of people today. Um, but, you know, they're all out here. They're all having fun. So, you know, it's been some really good um, quality games with, you know, particularly in the over 35 divisions. Um, like, you know, a lot of these guys are still, you know, playing some of the top levels in, in Sydney and their regions. And, you know, it's really good quality hockey, despite the fact they haven't played in six months.
1: Yeah, BJ, uh, yesterday we found out with MBN News that there's quite a few Australian reps, World Cup players, and great to see that uh, last year it was just a men's tournament. This year the women are there, and some of the best players at the tournament are women's players.
7: Yeah, so there's, um, you know, they've just recently had selections for World Cup squads for 2022. Um, So, you know, there's a lot of, players here, like they always look for an opportunity to either, you know, maintain fitness, maintain skills. So, you know, we've got uh, there's ladies here in the over six, like they're playing in the over 50 comp, but, uh, you know, they're 60, 65 and, you know, they're not out of place coming up against some of these younger players that they play and you know, you can always identify who these players are, just they stand out above, you know, their teammates. They always seem to have be in the right spot at the right time or putting the ball in the right spot for their teammates. And, uh, you know, it's just great to watch it. You know, you can be at that age out there still competing, um, you know, at the the highest levels in our sport.
2: Uh, Brett, how does the... uh, With the format, they play five games over the three days. Is there a finals um, set up? And I'm assuming that's all going to take place tomorrow?
7: Yeah, so we've got finals starting tomorrow. So it's basically a round-robin um format so in each of the divisions they play off against each other once so there's a couple of divisions where they're playing each other twice just based on the numbers in each comp but then it just works on top two straight through to the finals um tomorrow and um as i mentioned yesterday it's you know no one walks away with a medal here they're walking home with cash so um so it's a bit of incentive for you know particularly those that have a long bus ride home that um, they might like to get some refreshments to help make that trip a little bit shorter and easier tomorrow. So,
1: <laughs> Hey, uh, BJ, uh, one of the... I guess one of the overriding factors yesterday was so many people that have come to this tournament are just here because we've had such a tough year in New South Wales. Mm. This is their first yep. time back. And, you know, winning is secondary. For a lot of these people yeah. that have come to this tournament, it's more about just getting around your mates playing a sport that you love, and there's a function on tonight. So it's all about just getting back together and celebrating the sport they love.
7: Yeah, 100%. Like, if you remember when we did this at the end of uh, October last year, and we'd just probably only come out of the lockdown one to two months before that. So, you know, we've had half a season. Everyone just wanted to come away and play more hockey. And then we've gone through that whole cycle again this year and people just remember that they had such a good time coming here last year that they've all come back and you know there's people already talking about bringing other teams from their association here so you know it has the potential to get bigger um next year so you know we're excited for that because it puts us on the map in terms of you know we've spent well the government spent a lot of money to upgrade our facilities and we're now reaping the benefits of that investment uh you know every month with carnivals like this that just bring money to our association but to the Central Coast as well. So,
1: yeah. You you feel like uh, the Central Coast over 35 women's can claim the title and one of their star players has just come back after having a, a baby girl, Mel Coote. Yeah,
7: so they had another strong win this morning so they're on track to be in the final so uh, they're definitely a good chance um, of be in there tomorrow afternoon. And uh, over 35 men for the Central case as well. They had a good uh, 2-1 win over ride from Sydney uh, this morning. So they're on track to be in the finals as well. A um, couple of the older divisions, not so much. There's a couple of stronger um, teams here that are, are beating them up a little bit. But um, both in our over 35s, we're looking like we're going to be in the final in both those uh, men's and women's
2: tomorrow. Brett, how long are the games in terms of uh, on the field, you know, you talked about the fatigue factor and how people are struggling physically. How long are the games each, uh, each time they play?
7: Yeah. So uh, it's like two halves and we're just playing 20 minute halves um, this year. So just like it's, it's enough to, you know, have a decent game. And part of that is that we've had to shorten the time just so we can fit all the games in. So yeah. we're playing something like, I think, 50 games over the course of the um, the three days. So um, last year we were playing games at 10 p.m. at night just because yeah. we we're playing full-length <laughs> 30-minute games. So we took some feedback on board and uh, shortened the games this time. So we're wrapping up about 6 p.m., so... Yeah, we, as Steve mentioned, we got the function tonight here that most of the teams are coming to, um, just a you know a bit of a get social get together for them, and um, so wrapping up the days early is just letting everyone enjoy themselves tonight. So
1: I, I think that 10 p.m. game might have been in the hotel car park, <laughs> by the sounds uh, of it. yeah.
7: Hey,
1: <laughs> hey, B.J. Uh, I asked you this yesterday, but with the Kookaburras featuring Matt Dawson winning a silver medal in one of the greatest Olympic finals that we've seen, how yeah. does that What's the spill-on effect for hockey at a grassroots level when the Kookaburras play so well on the international stage?
7: Yeah, it's um, yeah, it was a great game. And we generally find that after Olympics, it's probably one of those, and I'm sure hockey is not the only sport that, that does that, but um, we tend to get a lot of um, inquiries and interest from school-age, you know, the primary school-age children. Um, so they see the sport on TV and think, yeah, I'd like to have a go at that. Um, and then they'll reach out to the association and, you know, look for when we're holding competitions. The, the challenge that we had this year was just that we didn't have any hockey on. So it's, you know, unfortunately you're telling people that they have to wait until, you know, 2022 before they can come along and try. Um, and you know, who knows what other sport or whatever, what else is going to take their interest between now and then. So, you know, we, we do get a lot of interest, um, you know, when Australia's doing well, both men's and women's, you know, it turns into uh, inquiries about joining the sport. So you know, hopefully these, all these kids will remember that come the start of next season and, and still look to participate in hockey. So
1: Yeah, well, BJ, it's a sport that we all love, and uh, it was fantastic to see so many people just loving it yesterday at, uh, at the Wyon Complex and, I mean, that's the other thing, too, is we've got a world-class facility yeah. here. I, I know that Robson Civil yeah. Projects and also Goanna were heavily involved yeah. in, in creating that complex, and it's a multi multimillion-dollar uh, venue, isn't it, mate?
7: Yeah, so it's probably worth about the $2 million mark when you add up all the infrastructure that we've put in place. And, yeah, I think we've hosted five... Since we did it, like, finished July last year, I think we've hosted five carnivals, um, we're on track to host an under thirteen boys state championships next year, which is one of the biggest um, carnivals on the, the hockey New South Wales calendar. So you know, as well as then you know, repeat this, this weekend again sometime next year. So um, yeah, definitely in terms of return on investment, yeah, you know, it's the opportunities there if you know, it's good that state government can invest because it just, you know, helps out our you know, everyone here on the central coast. So
1: Hey, i tell you we so were is there, worried about there BK. any updates
7: on on Piper Hook because I'm standing next to her father here. He's wanting to get a ah, quick quick score out. Yeah, now. she's she's, too,
2: she, she's had two wickets. <laughs> she's picked up two wickets, and I've got to say the two runs way, right are right flowing out. here I'll, at the I'll moment. I'll let him know.
7: Yeah, we were. Handed, concerned. When you're talking about her before, <laughs> I handed the phone to her and he was listening in. So, oh dear,
1: <laughs> we we yeah. were concerned that we could be hit on the head where we're broadcasting from, and we've had a couple of balls, a couple of fours, hit consecutively.
2: Oh mate, the the runs are flowing right now in both both games.
1: I can give you Piper's exact numbers before we go to the news and uh, she's taken one oh, one, for, one for 15 off two overs. On. I won't tell him about the wides that she bowled. <laughs> well uh, just quietly there's been six of those
7: <laughs> yeah. but uh,
1: both, both cracking games and uh, BJ thanks so much for joining us mate. All the best with the Central Coast Invitational Hockey Tournament that concludes tomorrow
7: Yep. Great. Thanks guys. Good to chat.
1: Brett Johnson, former kookaburra, yeah. played six times Champion. for his country at the highest level on the international stage. We'll take a quick break here for the news. We're back in just a moment. Saturdays on the coast on SEN.
0: BJ Howes Metal the coast tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhouse.com.au. This is Saturdays on the coast on SEN Track.
1: Yeah, welcome back. We're live at Tugra, and we're loving the regional bash. Uh, Buttes, uh, I mean, you're almost lost for words about how good these games have been so far. Well, the quality, you know, initially the batting was a little slow. They
2: um, weren't getting off to the start. They were probably looking both sides here. But uh, I've got to say, the they're opening up the shoulders now, and oh. they're starting to find the boundary. Like I've seen three mate. or four... Uh, great shots, cracking shots through the covers, and
1: yeah, New the, Newcastle definitely have. They're two for fifty-seven, and Taylor. So I'll just find Abby Taylor. She currently is twenty-seven off eleven, yeah, and that includes six fours. There you go. So I tell you, if they're picking a countryside, she's definitely uh, put her name in the mix,
2: Abby Taylor. Yeah, she's got a little tick next to her name. There's no doubt about that.
1: Hey, Buttes, uh, earlier this morning we had Adam Peacock on the show and uh, great to talk to Adam again because mm-hmm. uh, all those years ago we used to get him on the show at 2GO. He's, he's a little bit like a Bruce McAvaney. He is just a sports encyclopedia and he told us about Code Sports. Just having a look at that now, Buttes, and one of the main stories in the NRL is the Tigers get the deal done on Apisai Kourisau.
2: Yeah, I think it's a really good buy uh, for the West Tigers. they got the young kid, uh, Little.
1: Yeah, from Um, the Central Coast, Jacob Little. Yeah,
2: um, so I'm surprised, but a a player of his caliber is going to add so much to the Tigers' side. And I just think about, you know, where they're at in their roster. And he's going to add a lot of spark to them. And they need it because, you know, I'm not sure... About Luke Brooks, I'm sorry, i do not not saying he's a bad player. What I'm saying is, you know, he's had a lot of time at that club and really hasn't done a great deal, especially oh.
1: since what's happened, mate. Oh, just another a, big cr- shot. Another cracking shot in yeah, this yeah. Coffs Harbour game. Sorry, Buttes.
2: No, no, that's okay. But Luke Brooks, I think he's, you know, he's got to really step up this year. He's uh, It's been far too long for me that he hasn't provided some sort of guide and some sort of... Shining light for this West Tiger side, which I think has been lacking, but happy Corusseo is going to add a lot to their team.
1: Yeah, premiership went up. Butte, the women's challenger series, so a nervous wait continues for Molly Picklam and also mm. Macy Callahan from the Central Coast. Still waiting to surf in Hawaii at uh, Haleiwa. Uh, so hopefully, I mean, Molly's got a real opportunity. I think if she reaches the quarters then she could qualify for next year's World Tour, and that would be sensational. I got sucked in. You've heard of clickbait, where they'll give you a headline, and the other day I saw one where it said Sam Kerr snubbed in Ballon d'Or, which uh-huh. is for the player of the year. Yes. She actually ran third. <laughs> so so
2: snubbed in what way?
1: Yeah, well, it, because she didn't win it. <laughs> it's one of the big talking points where a lot of the newspapers now, they'll come up with some headline that just gets you to click on that story, and... It certainly got me the other day. And I don't think if you run third, you've been snubbed.
2: No, I don't think so. Look, and, you know, thoroughly deserved. You know, Steve, Mm. we touched on it before about the Matildas against the U.S. And, you know, how I believe how big the gap was. Um, I think it was more significant in the first game as opposed to the second game. But, you know, it just showed for me how, you know, the best team in the world being the U.S.A., and the 11th team in, in the world, and that being Australia, that gap is quite significant. And they've got some work to do, the Aussies, to, to get uh, themselves in the running uh, when it comes to the World Cup in uh, two years' time.
1: Yeah, well, they played two teenage stoppers. Yep. And I read a really interesting article that I spoke to you about before we came on the air. It was in the Sydney Morning Herald, and it was about how they might be missing a generation of players. Those mm. players that are around the 23-24 Like, uh, do we go with teenagers or or are we looking for some players that have had six or seven first, uh, you know, uh, six or seven years at first grade?
2: Yeah, I I look at that. And and for me, I I think you've got this balance at the moment. And and it's probably because where women's sport is at, that you will find that. And, you know, we'll see it here with the 14 and 15 and 16 year olds playing here, that they've got that skill and that ability, right? Right. But the thing lacking is that experience. And I think this is the case here with the, the you know, the Matildas, is that those younger girls may have a little bit more skill because they've played the game. I know this seems silly, but they've played the game from a younger age. They haven't played it longer. They've just played it from a younger age. So therefore, they've, their skills have developed uh, earlier and better, but they don't have the experience. They haven't been put in those situations where it's tough or how to handle various situations. So from that end, I think you've got to get the balance right, and, and, and it's important the coach does that. Does he look at these 17-year-olds and go, okay, we're going to use these girls because I know in two years' time they're going to be 19, they're going to be ready for it? That's the big question, and, and that's one for the coach well, to work out. we
1: certainly got found out in the game in Sydney where there was 24 rec- seconds. Yeah, 24 seconds. And I do have uh, a theory. I've got a theory on it, Butes. Yes. Did you see the national anthem?
2: Well, I believe it was sung by the Wiggles.
1: Yeah, now... They're national treasures. Yes, no doubt about it. But my theory is, if Sam Kerr and Ellie Carpenter are laughing during the anthem, mm-hmm. and then 24 seconds later we've got a goal scored against us, yep. I think we need AC/DC doing the national oh, anthem. They're, now
2: you're talking.
1: Like we can't have we can't have it turn into a farce. No, we, there's no
2: Wiggles fingers. There's no hot potato.
1: Yeah. So that's my theory. I think the Wiggles. I love them but maybe not just before the start of a big international. (laughs) I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I'm with you. Hey, Buttes, the Women's A-League got underway overnight, and uh, history created. Wellington with their their team in the Women's A-League, and they drew with the Western Sydney Wanderers. So great stuff. Also, Tommy Turbo, and also Uh, a a friend of our show, Isabel Kelly, winning the Players of the Year, respectively, with New South Wales.
2: Yeah, look, it was an amazing year from Tommy Turbo. Like absolutely phenomenal to think the season that he had and you know if we see anything close to that again next year we're in for one hell of a show because he was on fire you know it was involved look i remember that first origin game this year he touched the ball twice in that first set and he laid his intentions straight out that he was going to have a big game and he did that and uh you know he continued that form throughout the whole season was outstanding for manly deservedly the uh Dallium winner and of course isabel kelly local girl who has won uh, the golden boot uh i think probably two or three years ago and we've got a wicket there steve lbw was it
1: if tommy turbo if he can continue his career without injuries because you know that's probably been the only the only question mark on his on his playing career, is yep. he's uh, missed a lot of footy, particularly this year, and he still wins the M medal. I think if he can have a good run with injuries, he could end up being in the conversation because he's one of the best young players I've ever seen.
2: Look, he only played 15 games last year, right? As in NRL games. He obviously played Origin and what have you, but 15 NRL games and still took out the uh, Dally M awards. Like, yeah, you know, If he could get on the field for you know, 20 games a year. I mean, we could see records broken in terms of uh, the Dalian point score.
1: They've definitely got a window of opportunity, Manly, too, with the Trebojevic brothers playing the way that they do, and particularly Tommy. Uh, We're off to a break. We'll come back in a moment. This is Saturdays on the Coast, live from the cricket. The regional bash at Tugra continues. Two great games on at the moment. We'll come back and wrap it all up in just a few moments' time on SEN.
0: BJ House Meadowland, the coast tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track.
1: Yeah, welcome back to the regional bash cricket. Buttes and I, we're live and we're watching a couple of great games. Northern Inland versus Coffs Harbour and Newcastle up against the Central Coast. We'll give you a score update in just a few moments' time. But I did notice Buttes... Jaden Hodgson, who we've done a lot of stories on with MBN uh, TV, he scored a deal with the Sydney Kings, mm. and so as a development player, he went to college in America. He's worked extremely hard, and we're super proud that he'll play with the Sydney Kings this year. They take on Delhi, I think, tomorrow. The Sydney Kings yeah. up against uh, Matthew Delavadova in uh, round one of the yes. competition. I didn't see it last night, but they reckon. Like I saw a lot on social media, the Tasmania Jack Jumpers winners. So NBL is back in Tassie. Gary Birkinshaw. Yeah, well,
3: how good was that? It was in, it was in overtime as well. Um, and one of uh, one of Australia's better-known bar- basketballs uh, was Nathan He Got actually uh, Sobey got e- uh, ejected just before um, full time. So from uh, from then they went on the Jack Jumpers. They're on on the board early. So good win, big crowd there as well.
1: Well yeah. done, fantastic news. Hey, hey Burko
2: Bercow- I got to say this Newcastle side, they are. Uh, batting really well. Uh, they sort of laid the foundation early and now they're starting to open their shoulders up. Gee, they're yeah.
3: making some, uh, scoring some good runs here, Berko. Yeah, curty Smith and, and Abby Taylor are actually Sydney first grade players and Tommy said earlier they want, he wants <laughs> them to take the game forward and they're certainly, they're certainly doing that at the moment and uh, just their experience and their ability to control the game is really coming out and yeah, you know, I think they're that Central Coast are really under pressure at the moment.
1: Yeah, the latest update, 2 for 89 off 11.1. You mentioned about Abby Taylor, 42 off 25, and that includes eight fours.
3: Yeah, and the interesting thing, though, Steve, like we spoke about, you know, the double innings, of that you know, we've Central Coast has dropped three catches in the last two overs, Yeah, you know, which really puts them, you know, it's, it's hard, you know, it deflates the side and, uh, you know, it's hard giving... Hard getting good players out once let alone giving him two or three three bats.
6: Yeah, yeah, and I
3: guess it makes it hard like you know,
2: the it's demoralizing for the bowlers who put in that hard work and, and you know come up with that ball to create those yeah. opportunities and they're just not taking advantage of them. Yeah, you know, especially the, when they turn around and they hit a four. Yeah, yeah, the might.
1: next ball. The other match is uh Coast charges up against Northern Inland and at the moment Coffs are two for sixty. And I've really liked the work. I know you said she's got to put the foot down, but Samara Mitchell at the top of the order, not out, 24 of 38 so far. And, in fact, she's facing now, Buttes, talk us through it. Oh, and it's a beautiful,
2: oh, well-fielded too. But, oh indecision here, yes, no, wait, sorry, no, we didn't get none of that sorry stuff, but nice little shot around the, uh, the league side there.
1: Hey, Burko. Uh, Central Coast Cricket continues this weekend? Yep, yep,
3: so after uh, the deluge <laughs> last week, we only got one uh, one game was able to be finished, but we've got uh, the second last round of our one-day competitions today, so we we. we run the one-day and two-day competitions in, in conjunction for the main title, but we also have a separate one-day competition. So 2nd uh, last round, Wyong only need one more point to actually qualify for the finals. So they take on uh, they take on Lizero today in a uh, in an important game at, at Baker Park. And I think the other big game is obviously King Cumber and Narara. I think they're playing it there in a Both in with a chance of making the finals. Narara uh, last year's... Uh, Champions in the one-day competition, so they'll need to to win their last two to have a chance of making making the final. So uh, it could, and the other other big game is the one that's going to be at Jubilee Park, the entrance with uh, with with Jeff Hemming at, at the helm. Uh, is, uh taking on terrible matches. A big shout. There's a wicket there. A wicket uh, has fallen. Alyssa Andrews, mate. LBW. So, yeah. Abby Taylor is gone. So, a big wicket there for the Central Coast. But the entrants are sort of struggling a little bit at the moment. Um, you know, last year's Premiers. So, they'll need uh, to get back on winning track. And Jeff, of course, Jeff got 70 last week. So, he's a leading run scorer at the moment. So.
2: Oh, that's handy. I, and... What is it? Is it a bit of a hangover for the entrance boys from last year? Are they Have they changed their squad somewhat?
1: Hey, 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 don't worry about the entrance. They will bounce back. They're a class act, and sometimes we've seen teams are a little slow to get cracking before Christmas, but after the break, uh, don't worry. The entrance, they they're the, the real. They're the real deal.
3: Especially the two-day cricket. That's where they. That's where they come to the fore. Last year is a two-day cricket. We, we haven't actually played first round of the two days last week. They got washed out. So yeah. from after we've got one more two, one more one-day game, and then the two days kick in. So I think you'll see there. With they got, they've got plenty of class. At the entrance. Uh, I think their bowling's a little bit not quite as strong as probably what it was last year. So that that could be a bit of a bit of work there that Jeff will have to work on
1: there. Uh, Burko, can you preview tomorrow? The uh, so we've had the tomorrow's the Bradman Cup. Is that Bradman correct? Cup
3: start. It's starting now, so the Bradman Cup are up. They're up in uh, in Sawtell at the moment, so they're actually fielding up there, playing North Coast in round one. So, um, so, so they they're doing doing quite well. I should be able to give give you an actually uh, a score update here, going to the the trusty bible of, of the phone. But they they're a good good young side. The under 16 and, and Bradman Cup is the premier um, under 16 competition in in New South Wales. So, so at the moment, one for 52 North Coast off. Uh, of 14 overs. So it's a good start mm. by North Coast. That's a, that's, a, that's a pretty handy start up there. So so a bit of work there to do for the Central Coast side. But they, they should do all right. We've got a good history in that competition. But you talk about the regional bash tomorrow. The males are the, the male equivalent to, to what we were seeing here at the moment. So they, they'll play two games tomorrow. The New, Central Coast will play Newcastle and Lake Macquarie tomorrow. And then they'll play their third game. they play Hunter next Sunday at uh, Raymond Terrace. So got a very good side led by Sean Eaton. So we won this competition... Two seasons ago, I think we actually we won the competition at the SCG. So uh, wow. got knocked out in the in the first round last year. But back to the round robin competition, so we're looking for a strong performance by uh, well, them tomorrow. Is that open age? Open age, yes. Yeah, yeah, right. And how do
2: they select the Central Coast side? What was the process there? So
3: what? So we've we've got a. Um, a group of reps selected, so there's five of them who go and, and you, use the club cricket as, a, as, the, main, as the main guide. And a, bit of a bit of a change with the guard there as well, so we've got a, a bit of a mix of young, youth and experience. We've got a new captain, Chris Archer, has been doing it for a long time, so Sean Eaton's now stepping up. Uh, and Sean's got a lot of T20 experience uh, having played for Randwick in Sydney. So, so we're looking forward. He's, he's excited. And the team had a training run on Wednesday night, so they're looking for a strong performance there.
1: Hey, uh, boys, just in the last couple of minutes, I uh, just want to mention this before we go off the air. I don't know if you noticed, but Paddy Mills won the Don. Yeah. The Don Award uh, After guiding Australia to their first ever Olympic basketball medal And what a great ambassador On and off the court he is
3: Yeah, look, he, he, he's so, he does so much. He's, he's really Australian He's gone overseas and had to ply his trade overseas But he's, he's, he's never forgotten where he's actually come from and he's, Even his Aboriginal roots, he's actually really big on that I listened to to a podcast he actually did And he just really speaks so passionately, passionate about where he actually comes from yes. He never forgets that and for what he's done for for Australian basketball not only at a national level but over over applying his trade with the San Antonio Spurs and now what he's doing at the Brooklyn Nets yes i think it's, it's just phenomenal and uh, is he
2: a, is he going to be
1: like what, he's as new good co-host. as Adam Peacock
2: yes <laughs> <laughs> mate he knows everything uh, i tell you unbelievable do you actually sleep at all or, <laughs> or do you just watch watch TV, podcast, basketball. Oh, yeah.
3: yeah. Good, me- good memory, I think.
2: Good
1: memory. Oh, that's that's exactly gotcha. They, we, they yeah. also named, uh, for the first time ever, I think it was called The Dawn. And it could be a player that uh, it could be someone from this era or a previous era or generation. And they named Yvonne goulagon Corley yeah. mm-hmm. uh, as the winner of The Dawn. So, you know, Australian Open winner, French Open, Wimbledon, uh, US Open finalist as well, and just an absolute legend and such a famous name. Yvonne on Corley, Hey, uh, I've got to do this. Before we wrap the show this morning, uh, this guy is back with a horse racing tip. Oh, dear. He works at Robson Civil Projects. oh, dear, oh, dear. Oh dear. Okay, and uh, he says, uh, Fergie says, Race 1 in Sydney, number 5, Strange Charm. Nice little each-way bet. So, Fergie, let's hope you deliver, my friend. And happy 50. It's from a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Hey, uh, Burko, thanks so much. It's been an absolute blast. Uh, loving the regional bash, particularly watching the girls this morning.
3: Yeah, look. Stephen and Beard, thanks very much for the opportunity. Thanks for coming out. But also, just want to want to thank you two guys for what you actually do for sport on the Central Coast. It's, it's fabulous on every Saturday morning. I really enjoy it, and, uh, and so is everyone else who listens. So thank you very much for that.
1: Yeah, and a, a special thanks to Lachlan, uh, his first He's day with debut. us. Yeah, the rookie, here he is. Yeah, technical whiz. Good on you, mate. Can't thank you enough for what you've done to get us on the air this morning. Also to Adam Staples back at Headquarters. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Don't forget, we've got the Catch Up podcast. Simply go to the SEN app to find that. We'll catch you next week, Saturdays on the coast on SEN.